Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about idea generation to launch of an email productivity SaaS in less than six weeks. Today, we have our guest, Mohit Mamoria, joining us. Mohit, who describes himself as a serial maker, is the CEO of Mailman, an email management solution that minimizes interruptions and increases productivity. Mohit is a serial entrepreneur writing software since he was 11 years old and actually founded his first company when he was still in college. So welcome, Mohit. Super excited to have you on SaaS District Show today. Hey, thank you so much, Akil. So stoked to be here. <laughs> awesome. So we always like to start off, you know, just a quick, can you share a little bit, you know, quick background, past position, ventures, up until funding and, you know, running Mailman as the CEO today. So you want to know before Mailman? Oh, my, yeah, my I- life before Mailman? Okay, fantastic. <laughs> So I've been one of those people uh, who did not have friends. So most of my time I spend with computers and that's where I got uh, into internet and building products and businesses on online businesses. Um, my, okay, so my very first business was very simple. In college, I used to build websites for money. That was what I used to do. And it, it, it gave us some little extra pocket money, nothing more than that. But then I did my internship at a company where I realized the power of building products. I was employee number three over there and what I built over two months, it was immediately used the very next day by hundreds and thousands of people. And that also grew the revenue of the company by twofold. It was still an early stage uh, stage startup, but that was a big enlightenment for me. Uh, when the entire company is just working on one thing, it, it, is, it, it was never like hunting for new projects to do, just one thing you build. And that's changed the trajectory of my career that uh, my boss over there became my first investor when I uh, told him, hey, I want to do something like this. This is my idea. Uh, that was my first proper startup. I ventured many things before that, but that was my first proper startup, which, is a, which was a SaaS startup, accounting for small businesses in India online accounting, um, which was not available then. Uh, uh, that was my business. I ran it for a year. I gave up too soon. I gave up too soon. It was doing fantastic. We had 300, 400 paying, uh, paying customers. But those were the days when Facebook was raising millions of do- hundreds of millions of dollars. And I was thinking, where am I going with these 300 paying customers? Nowhere. Uh, uh, I, I might be doing something uh, wrong. And I might be... Um, onto something but really uh, a small business not really a startup startup so i gave it uh, i gave it up on uh, that too soon but my next company i did something uh, which was very suited for that kind of journey where you raise money you get millions of users and then you sell it to somebody else that was my uh, proper journey this company was called hauntel uh, it, it went on for three to four years. Um, this company, the end of this company gave me a little bit of stability, uh, gave me time to venture to do, uh, gave me time to think, what do I want to do next? Uh, and what I did next was just talk, uh, spoke to multiple, multiple um, entrepreneurs um, and invested in the companies as, as an angel investor. So for two years, I just did that, uh, investing in other startups, um, uh, from my fund, I raised a small fund, uh, $2 million. I started investing in uh, small, small startups, so small, small check just at my level uh, in these startups. And also majority of them was crypto startups. I was one of those uh, uh, who, who wrote one article that went viral. And then uh, a lot of people got to know me. Hey, he, this guy, if nothing else, at least knows the technology. So uh, let's take a small check from him uh, if he can help with some advices. So that was my journey before Mailman. Uh, 
after but i got very bored of just investing that was the day i realized it i remember it is early 2020 i realized i am a maker i am not satisfied un- unless i am making something so i just got to also i i uh, i stopped just investing i still do investing just passively now that is not my full time thing now but i wanted to start building something and because i was doing this investments and everything my inbox was always flooded so my biggest distraction was my inbox so to find time distraction free time and focus zone to build something new i wrote this very tiny script just a script in my gmail which uh, posed my inbox for 4 hours so basically this script would uh, collect all the emails incoming emails and but do not show it to me right away it would collect all of these emails and show it to me every 4 hours so every four, so for 4 hours i would have totally focused time and i was using this script to hunt good business ideas to pursue so this is something that had been and i was doing it for multiple months i built two three products small products all of them failed uh, but this script was very interesting then what happened was in february i saw one tweet by andrew wilkinson of tiny he was asking to have very similar thing built for his gmail he wanted to achieve something very similar in his gmail a friend of mine shared that tweet with me i immediately sent the script i mean a video the script and uh, how to use the script to him a link to the script and he saw the video uh, uh, and he said do you want to build this as a business and that was the time it struck me i was using the script to hunt for ideas but all this while the script itself could be the business this was the blind mm-hmm, spot mm-hmm. that andrew helped me uh, help me uncover so we chatted for uh, 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 a couple of days to finally uh, finalize what could the product be like what could be the features uh, how would we uh, position how can, what do we need to build build it build, build this out uh, come to a deal and then finally we sh- we shook our hands and then we started building from february that email that i sent the first version of the product was out uh, in about one and a half months um uh, uh, and uh, we started getting uh, users the best part was Andrew was my partner and is my partner still. The best part was he has a huge Twitter following, which is the target audience: uh, entrepreneurs, founders, investors. So when he told uh, to the world about this tool that we are building, tons of people signed up. Uh, that's how we got the first initial set of users, and then it it was like very then then it was what any typical SaaS founder would do: talk to these customers, learn more about these customers, build more things, and then ask these customers to refer more customers. So that was the cycle. Yeah. So basically, that this is. Uh, I don't I don't think this was a short form but yeah this is this is the uh, uh uh summarized version of my career so far. No that's good. I think you answered a couple of questions I had but I just want to kind of go back to that one product which you mentioned you were working with a startup at the time you built a product for them and you noticed that you know it basically doubled the revenue got yes. all these users. Was that by mistake or luck or was it you know you actually did some market research or you know did your team do it and say hey this is what we think our our market needs or we can try and develop it? or was it something you developed and then you know just happened to blow up and and you were just right place right time and you built something cool and realized that okay so okay so just a correction this the product that i built this was not my idea idea was mm. the founders 
I just okay. built the product within the company. So the company is uh, called 91mobiles.com, 91numericalsmobile.com, mobiles.com. So it allows you to compare and research among various gadgets. So if you are planning to buy a laptop, you can actually compare and contrast various laptops in front of you and eventually make a good purchase decision, buying decision. That is the mm-hmm. company. One of their customers, uh, which is a gadget blog, gadget magazine, they asked something from them. They said, what if there could be an embeddable widget that we paste just one line in a, and this widget automatically identifies what this blog post is talking about and then fetches the real-time prices and compares all the real-time prices uh, available across all the online stores and then shows a buy now button within our uh, uh, review blog post. Is it, is it possible? So uh, the company was small. Uh, they were ready to pay money to build something like this. And we had the data. We just needed one more interface, uh, which is an embeddable widget. So this embeddable widget, so the the need came directly from the customers, uh, not my idea, but I was solely available. uh, uh, I was solely um, accountable to build this thing from scratch. So to me, it was just another project. But when they embedded this widget, and when uh, uh, when I saw the numbers in the backend, they were like, hundreds and thousands of impressions and the widget was working 90% of the time and people were actually clicking buy now in that widget and actually making the purchase which directly um, went improving the bottom line, bottom line, uh, line of our company. This journey which is build something in two months which is really valuable, see it getting used and then see the bank account getting money. This mm-hmm. was magical. This, this experience was magical and I was I think only 21 that time. So looking at this uh, circle, uh, uh, was something that uh, uh, took me by storm. It, it shook me and then uh, I was able to visualize many, many things that are possible with the internet. Interesting how people think, you know, it's always complex features, problems that you have to solve to be able to see, you know, make a big impact and, and you know, make that, that uh, you know, huge impact on the, the bottom line and growth. But, you know, sometimes that simple widget that could be, you know, done in two weeks doesn't mean yes. that, you know, more time you spend on it, the, the more bigger yes. problem you're solving. So interesting that you're able to see Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, and when it comes to, to Mailman, where, where are you guys in terms of size today, you know, uh, MRR, team size? And can you talk about, you know, in terms of like how, how much you actually raised or the term sheet or any details you can share around, you know, how that was structured with, with Andrew at Tiny Capital? Oh, fantastic. Yes. Uh, let me try to be as much as informative as possible without uh, revealing a few things. Because sure. we have not raised any money, but we are in middle of... Uh, uh, some conversations that we are doing. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, it started out as a, just a one-man army company, which was me doing development, customer support, a little bit of marketing, everything. Uh, but then we had a lot of lot of help from some of Tiny Portfolio's agencies. So Tiny Capital also has uh, some agencies in their portfolio. So we had a lot of help uh, with design and UI, UX uh, uh, from one of their agencies called Z1. Then we had uh, a lot of help uh, with digital marketing from, I, I don't think this is in, uh, this agency is part of the portfolio, but they're very close friend uh, of uh, Tiny Capital. They have helped other companies. Um, this is called Pilot House. They, so they helped us um, uh, with a little bit of marketing in the initial days. Right now, uh, the total team size is now two. Um, so we have finally hired a full-time marketing person to bring, uh, so this year, slowly, slowly, we are bringing in, uh, these outsourced, uh, things, um, design and marketing slowly, slowly in-house, uh, to control the cost also to get more value out of them. Basically I'm in India. You can have much more value, uh, 
by hiring somebody in india you can have you can get much more value by hiring somebody in india versus paying an agency in some other country uh, in the west so that's what we are doing just optimizing optimizing a little bit of cost optimizing the value for the company uh, right now we are two people uh, we have uh, thousands of users uh, mostly thanks to andrew wilkinson's twitter account uh, most of them uh, most of the people came in from there also uh, he is followed by many influencers influencers himself so when they signed up they also tweeted about it and then that was a little bit of uh, flywheel that went in in the first 6 months so we got thousands of users right now we are standing just over 7000 users uh, and uh, most of them came from twitter one thing that really didn't work until now and i am being open and totally vulnerable about it uh, on public platform is the paid marketing word of mouth is working uh, organic reach is working but paid marketing whenever we try to be greedy hey we have a funnel this uh, user journey works let's spend 10000 on this and get more customers those that traffic is still not converting well uh so this is one thing this is one thing that we are still struggling and we are still trying to figure it out um but except except that one challenge i think a lot of pieces are like in this machinery are well oiled uh we have uh, we are slowly slowly building team now we are also hiring a couple of more developers so that i can instead of just building out stuff i can also uh, uh look at slightly bigger picture uh, i can tell you our mission Uh, our, our vision with the product now it is not just about email productivity it is about something much bigger than just email productivity for next uh, few years now that we have and we learned all of this only after talking to these um, not all but first 400 and 450 customers that we had wow um just just to kind of add to that point so you're saying that um you did, you did some paid marketing can you be specific was that google adwords facebook or what kind of mar- what paid are you talking about there? everything everything, everything. So i'm okay, talking no. about uh facebook ads google ads twitter ads quora ads linkedin ads uh i'm talking about everything and and in co- conversion you mean not to free users or they are I'm, signing up as free users and not paying oh free users are coming in and in, in in so free users has come uh, free users are coming in hundreds but uh so i'll tell you one learning mm. you do not agree that your inbox is a pro- problem unless i convince you that it is a problem so that is not a problem that you are already aware of mm. doing going through your inbox feels like work and overflowing inbox meals means uh, more productive day more work it feels like something is happening uh, which more or less is like running on a treadmill unless your job is to just manage inbox unless your job is just to manage inbox uh uh this awareness is something that is missing why when when I, so people are not looking for a solution for this problem they are not looking at uh, f- to solve uh, the problem of the overflowing inbox majority okay. of them some some are not not most of them so you have to first tell them that this is a problem and there and this is the gap so people search for something like how do i block this spammer how do i block uh, these lottery ticket emails they they search like this but mailman is not is not just a tool to block spammers it is a tool to give you more productive workflow with your inbox so this disconnect people do sign up they they do sign up but because they were looking for something transactional they can sign up they can block something they can be on their way not something which is not transactional but it's like building a new relationship with your inbox so that is a disconnect which is not working well with the paid traffic but 
whenever somebody tweets about us because they write their journey and their experience with the tweet that converts fantastic i mean we have seen over 20% conversions from just free sign up to paid campaign customers just because they came from a recommendation uh, so now we are actually saying what if we do not do any paid advertising at all what if we just incentivize our users to refer more users with their stories right. uh, so yeah so this is one of the learning, very recent learnings um, and uh, this is one of those things that we are doing this quarter mm. Love it. Love it. Makes sense. Before getting more into the, the growth, and we'll t- chat a little bit more on that marketing kind of case studies and what worked and what sure. didn't. Uh, so Andrew, he had a pretty specific problem to solve, you know, and he said, I want to build a specific solution for, for him. He's just one person. But uh-huh. wasn't necessarily like define the best business model around. Uh, so how would you, you know, you saw that tweet, you, you positioned it to him. What was the process of defining like the how and the why of this project when, when, you, when, you, when you showed him that video? Okay, so, uh, okay. I would not have written him an email if I was not using the script myself. Again, the same thing. If I was unaware of this problem, I would have discounted his problem. So uh, that problem is very precise. Only people uh, who feel that. So this is kind of a realization that one has to have. Uh, one has to has um, have in their life when they think inbox is not work. This is one realization. Everybody is talking about inbox zero, inbox zero, inbox zero, which means in our head, we believe getting to inbox zero means getting something productive done, which is sometimes it is the case. Sometimes it is not the case. But when you realize, hey, this is not the case. I still have more things to do. There's some creative work that I have to do. There's some other things that I have to do, which is uh, uh, apart from this admin work, which is uh, apart from this uh, inbox management. This uh, realization is very important. I had this realization because my inbox started flooding when I was investing um, before Mailman and Andrew had this realization and I'm sure a lot of people would not have written him an email just because most people did not have that realization only because I had that script. I sent him the video and he said, fantastic. He asked me for a link. I sent him the link. The link didn't work because uh, I was, because this is a, this is, this is, uh, this is an, unverified script so to work so for any script to work with gmail either you have to be the author of the script or somebody has to be uh, within the organization of the script mm. so we so just and google does it for the security purposes so he was not able to use the script uh, but then um, uh, we were like this is a potential good solution why don't we invest some time and money into building this up? So he said, why don't you invest your time? I invest my money and let's take it to zero to one. Um, these are the agencies you can use for the design and everything. Use whatever you want. Just take it from zero to one and then we'll see how it works. We took it from zero to one. Our uh, uh, email list for the launch, for the pre-launch was phenomenal. He tweeted out a thread and from there about 7,000 people came in. And over next few months, I onboard I onboarded them personally. Uh, out of them, about one thousand people started using it. Uh, they became paying paying customers. But after that, it was just these eleven thousand about one thousand people who started telling about a mailman to their friends and families. And these mm. were, and remember this is the time when COVID was just happening so people were working from home and they were dealing with email overload email and slack overload right uh, so all the meetings uh, moved to inbox so this was a time when people are like how do I manage my inbox now again this was the first instinct that they said now my inbox is not my work 
because more things are happening besides my normal inbox just because of this lockdown and working from home so these people started t- t- telling about mailman to these other people and more people came in but after that lockdown became the n- normal thing uh that kind of uh, went down that's when we said okay now we need to figure out something else because that word of mouth kind of have uh, died out now word of mouth is still happening people are still tweeting about us uh but that it is not at that scale now it is not at that scale now so now we have to uh so if if you look at that paul graham's trajectory of a startup we are like uh, trough sorrow where we are figuring out uh, how what how to do what to do we are also to be very honest we are also questioning is this the only market i mean what if the market itself is very small uh but then whenever i talk to some new users i get to know the market is not small because there are so many users of ours who are just independent shopify uh uh, uh e-commerce uh, business owners they just have a shopify store but one popular shopify store is driving them nuts because one shopify store sends you so many notifications <laughs> and their inbox gets drowned so i just imagine hey uh, they they'll be hundreds and thousands of uh, popular shopify stores so market is definitely not small we just have to reach to the right audience in right manner uh, that is the right uh, current challenge yes right so just trying to figure out i guess product market fit and seeing who's the right uh kind of user that you need to focus the right icp and who you guys need to to really yes, scale yes um, yes yeah. yes Um so just kind of understand so you guys launched you said so you launched you launched you had the script maybe you said about 6 weeks after you know you talked to 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 Andrew and it's been a success so far right you know 7000 plus users yes. would you say you know that's still the right amount of time needed to launch effectively like and you know or would you go back and do things anything any differently if you could redo it right now just for the launch for the launch and you know would you want to build more features into it would you you know done something differently would you you know done done anything else to get it out uh i i was very happy with the launch honestly uh one thing that i might do differently is launch on multiple platforms so for example we launched on andrew's twitter and product hunt these two communities but now if if i have to build something I would actually start building up uh, a profile a community say on indie hackers um hacker news um I would I would do something like this uh, instead of instead of saying hey we built something I would say hey I'm building something and this is the process follow along uh, on this journey I think this is the only thing that I would do differently instead of saying after 6 weeks this is the thing I would like to take a few people along with me on this 6 week journey with me I think but it's not something that I regret it's some I think it's a learning that I have learned uh for uh, future future launches but mm. one thing I would do differently is after the launch after the launch uh when we had uh 7000 8000 plus uh a long email list i would handle that email list slightly differently instead of directly sending them an invite in a in in a, in a uh uh like uh, in on, on a rolling basis i would actually start building a conversation with them i would send them an invite on on email number 3 i would first ask them how they use their inbox so that i could tailor the invite and tailor the benefits that they can get out of mailman because we had some features but we said the one same constant thing to everybody instead of mm. even realizing what what is the problem that they're trying to solve so the only thing that I, that i would do different is what i did after the launch mm so how you kind of position that those conversations and the nurturing of of uh, you know helping you define your model yes. a little better 
Yeah, no, makes sense. Yes. So, especially so I mean, the beta users. That I mean, mm. especially the beta users. Would you, would you consider all those beta users? I mean, beta users are. I consider those. Be, uh, no, no, not all of them. Mm. I mean, mm. uh, beta users. I, I uh, so beta users are the users who signed up for the uh, pre-launch list, and then they got an invite, and then they signed up. Um, those are like thousand thousand in the total user base. Um, everybody else came in after the launch. I mean, through product hand and word of mouth. Got it. So a little bit on the risk side here, right? So you built the email tools built mm-hmm. on top of an email service, right? Um, don't you see the yes. risk or constraint of being dependent on another platform? Like, aren't you worried that Gmail may just create this functionality and make, you know, Mailman completely obsolete? I've seen this before happen, by the way, with another tool similar as well, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, this is a case. Um, but let me tell But let me tell you one thing. I mean, uh, Gmail is now the status quo of email. I mean, are there tons of email clients and email plugins which are built on top of Gmail. And we are not unique. Uh, I mean, we are not doing, we are, we are not doing something that is uh, that nobody else is doing in some or the other way. There are other tools which do 10% of what we do, 20% of what we do, uh, but they do different, different manner. So we are not uh, afraid that Gmail might shut us, but there is definitely one, I would not say fear, but there, there, there is one risk. Risk is we are building in somebody else's playground. They can, and when you do this, uh, a lot of time you're positioned just as just a feature, not really a product. Uh, so uh, when you're positioned as a feature, there is a perceived risk that this feature can be built by Google itself or uh, another email client themselves. Um, this is a risk, but I'm not too afraid of it. I'll tell you why, because our guest conversion story narrative is that we do not ask a lot of behavior change on the user's part. So for example, if you look, if, if you go out and try a new email service or a new email client, you have to use a new uh, email client. You have to download a new app. You have to get used to its user interface. You have to get used to its functionality. Uh, uh, you, you might pay for it, you might not pay for it, but there's a behavior change. If you sign up for a new email service, uh, then you have to let go of your uh, Google Calendar, these integrations. So basically the Google ecosystem. So we know, we know the user is um, greatly imbibed with the Google ecosystem and their tools. How can we give the same value? How can we give same value without asking for too much of change in the behavior of the user? So that's why we uh, are, th- so this is the reason we are, how we are different and why these other risks do not really worry us. We are, so simple to use but when you start using us you, as a founder you want your users to be invested in your product but when you start using us you start telling mailman hey this is a good email this is a bad email this is a good email this is a bad email when you do this mailman learns about your inbox and when you so the more you use uh, our product the more mailman learns and more value you get out of it we do not sell this data we do not do anything with the data we do not even see this data we do not even store this data your inbox inbox data we directly charge money you um, charge you money for it but your inbox gets better and better and better uh, when when you use mailman more and more which means there will be a point not immediately there might be a point in the future where we can build more features around it or maybe even uh, an an entire email client eventually hmm. uh yeah. So, so uh, that's why we are not really worried because we're not doing something exceptionally different that Gmail strictly not, does not allow us to do. We have taken Gmail's permission to do whatever we are doing. Google has verified us, uh, authenticated us. Hey, okay, you can do it. Uh, so that's why we are not worried. 
and even if they build the feature we have some interesting information about users inbox of behavior uh, because all our users have told us what are good emails and what are bad emails in their inboxes got it so once they have that you know that somebody system behind it working to help them it becomes a little bit more you yes. know valuable versus just yes. gmail you know yeah and so just a little bit more about on the marketing growth side so you guys talked about you know word of mouth referrals worked really well twitter worked really well all these ads you 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 know you did didn't work um Anything else that, you know, you would say that you would like to try, you know, say, let's say top of the funnel, because you're saying, you know, the referral side, which is, you know, kind of after the activation phase and, you know, they're happy with the, their experience and they're sharing that word of mouth. That's amazing. You have the virality, virality kind of coefficient working for you. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, your product is well, well worth it. Well worth it. Um, anything else that you have in mind for, you know, top of the funnel that, that could kind of drive more? We have a couple of things going on. So I, 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 I told you that. The biggest problem is the realization, the awareness of the problem itself. Okay. Yeah. So we realized, let's not market the solution. Let's market the problem. So what we are doing now is we are building new campaigns and these campaigns are not images or uh, just, just tweets. These are uh, videos. So we are making uh, videos uh, which are 30 seconds long. Do you remember those ads, Mac versus PC? Mm. We are making exactly those videos, idle life versus uh, real life. So idle life is something where, um, so I'll give you an example. So idle life is something a person shows up. They say, I woke up, um, had my breakfast, check my inbox. When they say check my inbox for, uh, somebody hands them four envelopes. They look at them. They're done with it. This is ideal life, but real life. Hey, I woke up, had my breakfast, check my inbox. They do this, but instead of hand, getting handed four in envelopes, thousands of envelopes fall on their head. It's like, <laughs> this is what real life inbox looks like whenever you wake up from from a good night's sleep you know you know there are 25 emails waiting for you in in your inbox and most of them you just have to either mark or mark as red or just archive just just so so we are building these small small uh, videos just to bring awareness about the problem we are not even marketing the solution yet and then after the video we just say mailman bringing one step closer to your ideal life i mean there are so many other things wrong with uh, the uh, compared to ideal, ideal life but just one step closer to ideal life so this is one of the experiments that we are doing this quarter uh, investing a little bit of money and resources in making the videos uh, let's see how that goes i like it I like that's it. it's like hey this is you know maybe you right now before going to the gym this is you after this is your results yes. i mean you don't have to go to our gym you don't yes. need to yes. follow our plan but this is a real thing that can happen to you makes yes. sense exactly <laughs> yes yes um, talking about productivity, um, you also have the Mailman podcast. Um, so you should talk about productivity. Um, seems pretty obvious, but can you talk a bit, a little bit, you know, what are some unconventional email productivity tips, maybe some hacks that are some of our SaaS founders and companies that, that could help them get back more time for them? I'm trying to think of email productivity that is not directly a feature that Mailman offers. I mean, honestly, if I'll be very honest, my biggest productivity tip was when I wrote that script, which would ju- just do one thing, which would not block spam, nothing. It would do just one thing. Give me uh, uh, four hours of focus time. I mean, no mm. new email coming in. Uh, so biggest productivity. So the best way to reach inbox zero is not even let in emails come in in the first place. This was my, my, this was my breakthrough. Just uh, allowing when I'm ready to do emails. Otherwise, uh, because of these phones and everything, your email notifications are always behind you. 
they they are always chasing you i can show you one thing i mean i don't know if this will be part of the recording but i can share my screen and show you one thing i just i was just doing some analysis of my email activity before i started using mailman and after i started using mailman i can send you this graphics after the afterwards if you want but sure. uh, if you want i can share the screen and show it to you as well right now if uh or you know what we can do is uh, you can send us a link we can include it in our in our show yes. notes if you can show us like a little video right. and then our, our users can check that out if that's cool Yes, yes, yeah. I'll do that. So you will okay. see. So what I did was I just read all the email activity before mailman, and I plotted them on uh, the bar of twenty four hours. How my day looked like uh, uh, with with emails, and it was like so. My twenty four hours were filled with emails, 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 emails. But then after, so then I took last three sixty five days. This bar was like emails, nothing. Emails, nothing. emails nothing just when i saw that visual uh, a few a few weeks back i was just doing this uh, with this visualization visualization when i saw this visual i was like oh god this is this is the trick this is mm-hmm. the trick to get focus time not to do anything else labeling everything this all of this takes time all of this takes time all of these are active things that you have to do you have to remember to do these things but if you just Uh, make your inbox so that they it delivers your inbox uh, emails every four hours or every six hours or every two hours whatever your um, uh, preferred schedule is, then you have those two hours four hours just to do everything else except email. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan myself of using a, an app called Flow app uh, on my Mac, and that's the same thing. Is I I, oh, nice. I actually have to function in there where I block email, block Slack notifications for during that time where I'm in Flow, right? So I'm working on something more productive. I block out those apps even if I try click on it it just blocks me out because that's you know your your habit of just clicking and checking um Fantastic. and then yeah when, when I'm ready but still yeah once after when I'm back on my break I see you know 10 more emails I still have to deal with it so yes. yeah absolutely <laughs> any absolutely. other kind of you know general maybe productivity apps or routines you recommend to say new founders maybe they're looking to maximize their output help them make better decisions okay. or boost productivity um or running a company yes, I'll Uh, yes i'll tell you one uh, which okay. is so i'm i'm so i'm fan of uh, those productivity hacks or tips which are passive which once you do it you set it and forget it if you have to do it actively it's a habit building thing it's not a really a trick so another trick is last year so many new newsletters came in so many new newsletters we have shared our email across on, on the internet much more time uh, times in the last year than ever before um, so what has happened is a lot of emails are just circulating around and all somebody needs to send you an email is your email address so one hack is just create a filter in your gmail or any inbox any email service with the word code uh, with the word unsubscribe so any email which contains the word unsubscribe automatically remove it from your inbox and move it to another folder say newsletters or marketing or anything so this is one folder that you will check whenever you want to check not actively so you will only get say important emails in your inbox everything which has the word unsubscribe will be moved to this inbox that you can check once in a day or twice in a day again a passive tip passive trick just once set it and forget it and honestly this is one thing this is one logic that we used in the first version of mailman so when we wanted to figure out hey which are important emails and which are not non non important emails we were looking for just unsubscribe word in the email if it has unsubscribe word we would say hey, it is not important if it if it didn't have unsubscribe word we would say hey this is important to you so this is one of the logic that we actually built in mailman now it's a much complex logic now but uh, yes this is something you can accomplish using just your inbox filters 
No, that, that's genius. I used to use a, an app before. I think they shut down. It was called, I think, Rollup. And I, I loved it because it would just take yes. all those things that I subscribed to and unsubscribe me. And then now I have to do them. I am doing them manually. It's like I come in. I, I unsubscribe from everything. So that's that's brilliant. I'm going to do that today. So thank you for that tip, Mohit. Yes. Fantastic. Awesome. So Mohit, just want to switch gears, kind of moving more to kind of the rapid fire, um, a little bit more personal questions to help find founders listening in. Okay. Uh, starting off, what's one piece of advice you wish I had known and maybe would tell your... 18 year old self or maybe college grad before launching your, your product? Uh, okay. One thing, do not have uh, plans for two years, three years. My biggest learning was either to plan for six weeks or 60 years, nothing in between. Uh, and the planning for six weeks had been working great for anything that I have done, uh, building products, uh, building teams, um, trying out new marketing ideas. Six weeks is kind of the sweet spot that I figured out myself. Uh, not quarter, not month, six weeks, either plan for six weeks or 60 years, nothing in between. Just uh, keep an eye on the bigger picture and then uh, do small, small incremental stuff in six weeks. Love it. Um, what are the, some of the biggest challenges you're currently facing in order to continue to grow Mailman? Meaning, what's keeping you up at night these days? Same thing, uh, marketing positioning. We are still trying to figure out the uh, positioning for the paid uh, traffic. I mean, if somebody's not even looking for us, how do I grab somebody's attention and make them aware of this problem and then also pitch the solution? This is a threefold uh, problem. Uh, we are trying with we are trying multiple things. Um, um, hopefully, one of them will work soon enough. But yes, one, our current challenge and our biggest challenge right now. Nice. Um, who or what would you say are the best three resources? It could be books. You know, it could be people, mentors, or people you follow. I'm assuming Andrew is in there. Who you say have been the most instrumental yes. to your success over these last few years? Outside of Andrew, maybe anybody else or any books you recommend? Yes. Um, one book that had been sort of like a Bible to me uh, of building a company is um, this book called Hard Thing About Hard Things. Mm. I read this book when I was young, uh, 23 year old guy. And I had to hire people like who were 30 year old, 35 year old. I had like, there was no resource who would tell me how to hire uh, people who are senior to you, who are older to you. I, I hired some of my friends. There, there was no other resource who would tell how to fire your friends. So these are the things that that book told me. There, there are specific chapters. So hard thing about hard things is one thing that I reread every single year. And every time I do it, I get something out of it. Talking about person, I would give all of the credit uh, of uh, my vulnerability discussions apart from Andrew to Bharni. Bharni is the founder and CEO of this company called 91mobiles.com, an Indian company. My first boss, my first investor, my uh, lifetime mentor. There had been times when I have cried, cried in front of him and there had been times when I have uh, spoken more just about like beyond business with him. And why I like talking to him is because he has never given me any answers. So this is interesting because whenever I gave, um, went to him with questions, he has always asked me more questions so that I get more clarity about myself, which no, which nobody else did. Nobody else did. He, everybody tried to give me answers. Everybody tried to give me direction. But this one person tried to point all of these questions back at me so that I can figure out who I am really. So that mm. was my biggest, uh, biggest, biggest achievement that I was able to meet somebody like him uh, who would make me realize who I am. Right. Love it. Love it. We'll, we'll add him to the, to add those to the show notes for people to check out, maybe say hi. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yes. Mohit, 
you've had different kind of levels of success from an investor to founder to, to entrepreneur, now kind of you know an, another journey back into the game. What does success mean to you today, to, today, whether that's personally, financially, business, life? Um, there's no right answer. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I wrote this one word in my Twitter bio, which is serial maker, that I love making stuff. So, maker is okay. But, uh, and serial is okay, politically correct. But in all honesty, I am something that I like to call parallel maker. I mean, I need to have multiple things going on to keep me occupied. And uh, while I'm doing all of this stuff, I am always coming up with new ideas. Right now, I'm not able to execute all of those ideas on my own because I do not have enough resources. I do not have enough people that I'm working with that I can execute those ideas. But and it's not that I want to execute those ideas. I just want to see those ideas executed even if failed. I just want to put those ideas to rest. Uh, over, the, over the last few years, that list has grown too big. It's like 50 mm-hmm. plus ideas now. And success to me looks like, and I was right now I'm able uh, to execute a few of them uh, using some uh, f- um, developers by hiring some contractors. I'm able to put some of those ideas to rest just by executing them and seeing if they're working or not. My success to me would look like if if an idea comes up, the time that it takes me to execute that idea and put it to rest, either up or down, either throw away or pursue it. Uh, not personally, but this idea should be pursued so in, in that context. That would be success, success to me. And over the last few years, that gap is actually shortening. I mean, earlier I used to let's spend months and months just thinking about ideas and not doing about anything because I was not able to. Right now, if I have uh, some ideas, 10% of them, I'm actually able to get it executed and see if there is any uh, potential in it or not. But I want to be there where at least 80% of the ideas, I can actually put it to test, see if it is worth pursuing or not. See Elon Musk, crazy idea, he gets somebody to work. Uh, and if it is dead, he throws it away. If it is working, he has a new company. Uh, I do not want to own all of these companies, but just want to see those executions uh, happening. Nice. Do you have, just adding to that, do you have a, a kind of sweet, kind of figured out timeline of uh how long, you know, from idea to launch to, to figure it out, get it out there until, and then making a decision in or out, or is this, you know, I'm glad it's out, it's not working, I'm glad it's done, or should we continue doubling down? What's the right metrics or things you look at to, to make that decision? Just for me, it's 100 days. I mean, 100 days, I think is a good enough time that you can take, uh, you, you can do anything with the idea. 100 days is, is like the top upper limit. If something is mm. still not working after 100 days, uh, like if there's zero hope of poss- possibility, uh, I would just think practically and I would move on. So six weeks if you have Andrew, 100 days if you're if you're on your own. How much are you investing? How much time are you putting into that in those 100 days? How much would uh, you invest? Where I mean, you 100 invest days... That? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, hundred days. You're just doing one thing. Just, uh, yeah. just, just taking this idea and uh, either saying this is a hit or this is a miss. Just doing this. This is this is for somebody who is just looking for ideas and trying to do certain, trying to do something. Nice. I would say, instead of waiting for a long period of time just to find the perfect idea, do ten ideas. As they say, nine out of ten startups fail. So the only way to make a successful startup is to do 10 startups because one of them will succeed. So the whole point is how quickly you do those 10 startups. Okay, so let's just do the quick math there. So you can do, you know, 100, even if you just focus on one, you know, people take three years just to finally execute because they get stuck in their head. You can do three in a year. And in three years, if you're, if the numbers are just against you, you should be a success, right? So 
keep going keep yes, going you keep should going. have something <laughs> you should have something to pursue for next 10 years yes yeah yeah exactly love it love it this is that's golden mohit appreciate it um uh, this has been great mohit really appreciate chatting with you uh final question where, where can our founders get in touch with you learn more about you mailman and kind of uh, anything else they want to chat about fantastic okay so i am more active on my twitter account uh it's uh, uh mohit mamoria my first name and my last name m o h i t m a m o r i a that's my username uh that is where i'm most active i reply to all of the dms everything my dms are open the second best place to get or to get hold of me and if it's something really personal or like little lengthy in context is my email it's mohit@mailmanhq.com uh but uh word of warning over there i have mailman protecting protecting my inbox so usually it takes between 24 to 48 hours to respond uh, to any uh, first time sender i wouldn't expect anything less i've got you here following mm-hmm. you right now so uh oh, fantastic hope to hope to follow your tweets thank thank you so much we'll add those to our show notes if you guys want to follow mohit on twitter check him out mohit uh, memoria and uh thanks again on on jumping on sas district today so mohit okay. thank you so much akeem <laughs> absolutely my pleasure Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SAS industry. If you're a SAS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.